This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. Yeah, I'm I'm telling you, living is our biggest expense. And if we can get creative with it, it's, yeah, it really opens up a lot of doors. is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we're talking about living in a tiny home. More and more couples are embracing this new lifestyle of living small. According to a recent survey by the National Association of Home Builders, more than half of Americans would consider living in a home that's less than 600 square feet. And when you ask millennials the same question, that number jumps to 63%. So what's fueling this interest? Today, I've invited somebody on the show who lives on a 170 square foot tiny home with her husband and absolutely loves it. Jill Siriani is my guest today. Jill is a professional social worker and loves all things minimalism, tiny home living, and debt freedom. She's also the host of the Frugal Friends podcast, which was nominated this year as the best new personal finance podcast by Plutus. Her frugal advice and story has been featured in multiple popular podcasts and recently the Wall Street Journal. Welcome to the show, Jill. Hey, love the enthusiasm. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to have you here today. So Jill, why do you think there's been such a surge of interest in tiny home living lately? Yeah, well, thank you, HGTV, because they're making it look so amazing for everybody. Yeah, I I think a lot of it has to do with realizing we don't need as much space as we thought we did. Yeah. And I think the pendulum always swings, right? From let's get it to be as big as possible to let's get it to be as tiny as possible. We see that with cell phones. So I think there's a lot of reasons. One, not being not so much space. Two, I think a lot of people, those who are living in tiny homes are primarily the millennial generation. Certainly there's others who are jumping on the bandwagon, but, and as we know, there's so much student loan debt, people not wanting to be house poor, that people are looking for alternative ways to live and not go broke. And I think there's also a surge in desire to want to travel or have more experiences versus stuff. Not that anyone is better than the other, but I think that's a big draw with tiny home living. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about your situation then, Jill. What drew you to want to live in a tiny home? Absolutely. It really was wanting to own within our means. We live in a very expensive area. I don't know why. My husband and I try and figure this out all the time. We live in a suburb outside of Philly. People say it's because it's good school districts or you're close to a lot of neat things, but it still just feels like the middle of nowhere and houses. A a rancher is $300,000. So we want to live in our area. We like our community. We've got friends and family here, but just could not swing it. Uh, I'm a social worker. (laughs) You said that in the beginning. So my salary has not been, yeah, I could not purchase a $300,000 home. So we started to look at 
motorhomes and trailers and thought, at first, just for fun and camping. And then we realized, wow, it has everything you need. Let's try living in it. So that's that's been the biggest thing. We have saved so much money. Living expenses is one of the biggest expenses that we have, It just in general, people. And we've been able to cut costs enormously there. So that's, that's a big appealing factor. But also, less time on maintenance and cleaning, less money spent on upkeep and decor. Core. I used to love going to thrift stores and yard sales. I can't do it anymore. I've got no more room for stuff. So the ripple effect of tiny living is also very nice on my wallet. That's great. So what does your husband do for a living? He is a podcast producer, which is super convenient. <laughs> yeah, audio work is his baby. So uh, yeah, we are getting more and more close to being able to purchase a home. But at the time when when we chose to go the tiny living route, we were not making much money. And now we just fell in love with it. Well, let's talk about that. So why did you guys choose the motor home over different forms of tiny home living? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So we've actually lived in two different versions. I call it a tiny home. I know everybody probably has in their minds the beautiful pictures on a magazine of, you know, the siding and the beautiful doors and decks. That's not it. We are in, (laughs) I call my motorhome and my trailer my tiny home because it is. Uh, So yes, you've got the tiny homes, which are usually built on a trailer, like a platform trailer. And that's where people can get really creative with it, make them look really beautiful, like house like tiny houses. And then you've got motorhomes and trailers, as in like camping trailers. So we have lived in both a motorhome and a camping trailer. When we first decided to go this route, we chose a motorhome because it was pretty large. It was a class A. And so it was a 36-foot Winnebago adventurer, in case anybody wants to look it up, what we lived in. And we liked the fact that it it was a vehicle also, that we could take it on a road trip and not need to tow anything. Although we did buy a little scooter so that we could, you know, scoot around when we got to different places. Uh, did some other uh, non-traditional housing in the middle there. Uh, we house sat in a log cabin. We lived with my grandmother and took care of her. And then now we're back into a trailer. So this is the kind that you would just hook up to a hitch on your car and it's a 22-foot Keystone Bullet Ultralight. So it's only 4,500 pounds. So we can pull it with our midsize SUV. That's cool. So you're currently parked then in Philly, if I'm using the right term. And it sounds like you two have the ability to travel when you want to, where you want to. Is that right? We do. We we have the ability. It's funny, Andy, we don't do it that often. <laughs> it's like people always think, oh, where are you going to go? And really... Honestly, we did this to save on living expenses. That's the main reason. So being able to travel and pull it wherever we want is just a perk. We have, we took it. So I, part of my job, I lead trainings and debriefs for people after traumatic uh, situations. And so I'll do that at a local retreat center. So there was a time where I was going to be at this retreat center for over two weeks. So we took the trailer with us and parked it at the retreat center. So my husband was able to come had to come with us, right? I'm taking his home, <laughs> taking his home, his car. <laughs> He's got to follow. So that, that was fun. And then actually we do, we hope to be able to take it to Florida this winter, escape a little bit of the Pennsylvania cold. Oh, I hear that. Absolutely. So does your husband work from home then? 
He does. Yeah. So we both work remotely, which is another interesting thing that we do inside of our little tiny home. Uh, he, I travel a whole lot more than he does. So that does give us some breaks from each other. Uh, but he's, he's home quite a bit and working from, from the trailer. Okay. So you guys both work from the tiny home. So can you describe your working situation then? How do you, how do you guys make that work? Yeah. So we have a couch. We were actually, we took out the dinette. We did a lot of renovations on both of our tiny home situations. So we fit a couch in here. So we will both sit on the couch. We also extended the island in our kitchen that we can put stools underneath. So sometimes one of us will just go to the island and sit on the stool. And there are times that I will sit in the bed and work on my computer. Although who who works from home doesn't do that. So yeah, we've got options. There's, there's been times where I've gone outside or we will go to coffee shops and work for a few hours out of someplace out of the home if we need to. All right, I'm going to I'm definitely going to have to share some pictures of your place and which by the way I think is completely beautifully designed everybody all 170 square feet of it. But can you walk us through your home and maybe describe what it looks like for us? Yeah, well you walk in and you walk into the living room, kitchen, bathroom, bedroom. <laughs> But but really, yeah, you, you walk in and you can see it all. There are obviously all kinds of different types of RVs and motorhomes. Ours does not have any real partitions other than the bathroom. So you can see everything when you walk in. We do have a washer dryer and all in one. So once it's done washing, it switches over to drying. So that's right as you walk in the door. We've got a full bathroom. It's a tiny sink, a uh, tinier shower, but that's... That's its own thing off in the corner. And then living room kitchen is kind of all one thing. We do have a sink in the island in the middle, which is really nice. I'm really not lacking for counter space. And then back at the end or towards the tongue of the trailer is our bedroom. Mm, that's, that's cool. So talk to us a little bit about the financial side of things then. You said you're doing this to save a lot of money. Do you have financial goals that you're trying to hit as a part of the savings plan? Absolutely. Who doesn't? Well, <laughs> I guess I guess a lot of people. Right? That's true. We're talking to a couple of money nerds, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, hopefully this inspires people to have money goals. Yeah, and we're being we're able to achieve them even on low salaries. Thankfully, we're we're building our income um, and what we're able to make. But we started this when I was making thirty thousand dollars a year. So it can be done. You just have to get creative. Anyhow, that's a side tangent. So I'll start with our first. Our motor home that we bought, we purchased it for $18,000 and we put about four to $5,000 into it between taxes and tags and then renovations. And then we sold it for $28,000. So we made about eight grand in profit off of that motor home and not to mention lived in it for a year. So that's basically free living and then making a profit. So margins are small, but for what it is and what it provided, it's fantastic. Uh, and actually ended up paying for my master's degree. Nice. That's awesome. So was that with the Winnebago you were talking about? That was the one you were living in? That was the Winnebago. Okay. Yep. And then this most recent 
uh, trailer we bought for $87.50, put about $2,000 worth of renovations, and we'll see, crossing our fingers, hoping to sell it in the eighteen dollars to $20,000 range. And that'll be a down payment on a house. Nice. So do you guys have aspirations of living a little bigger then in the future? Yeah, not much though. We really do enjoy the tiny, the tiny aspect. We will probably build. We did the renovation, so we have my my husband primarily has the construction skills and background and know-how, and I can do more of the finish work. We had a business together, all kinds of side hustles we had together, but we did renovations together for a while. So yeah, I do some of it with him. So we'll probably build next. That's cool. So eighty seven hundred bucks. Did you did you cash flow that? Did you take out a tiny mortgage? How does that work? We did. We went to the bank to see if they would give us a small loan and they wouldn't, <laughs> which is so sad. Such a small amount of money. Uh but so we actually had an amazing friend who gave us a, a small loan to help us buy it and then we we've paid him back already. So we own it and yeah. That's incredible. We love it. That's cool. So you're talking about this next home. You're at 170 square foot right now. What type of square footage would you look at for your next home that you're going to build? It would be about 1,500 square feet, give or take. It'll be, we're looking at not... um, what are the oh the shipping containers, not actually shipping container, but that as inspiration that size. So it'd be like three shipping containers in a U, essentially, and a pool in the middle. <laughs> nice, I like it. That's cool. You're gonna have to invite me over. <laughs> so how, how does the uh, how does that work with the shipping container? Do you guys buy a piece of land and then put your shipping containers down? What does that how does that process work? Uh, there's a lot of different options, and it can get tricky. So it's not for the faint of heart, and we will kind of have to weigh the the benefits of that because we've heard some horror stories of people not having the the water lines or electrical and the township zoning and yada, yada, yada. Uh, But I think if possible, finding a house that maybe has been foreclosed on or is very, very inexpensive and then just using the property, you know, mainly just buying it for the property rather than the actual home that's on it or the structure. Is that what you guys are doing right now? Are you currently parked on a piece of land? No, no. We are actually, we're at my in-laws in their driveway because it's so tiny. It takes up basically what a large truck would take up, a parking spot. So that's been a huge help. I will say that if somebody was thinking about doing this but didn't have friends or family that they could park on the property, we actually put out just on our local Facebook yard sale group looking for a place to park and saying, you know, we'd pay two to $300 a month plus utilities and we got an overwhelming response of interest because it's not it's not much commitment on the other people's part to allow you to park there and we just need a hose and an outlet so <laughs> that's it's it's not much that we need we didn't end up choosing any of those options uh, but it is doable if that was something that anyone was interested in so then your general housing expenses must be pretty low then right Basically utilities and maybe a little extra to park in someone's driveway. Wow, that that is incredible. So how is the savings process going then? Yeah, it's 
going well. I will say we are still in debt payoff mode. So we've got about $6,000 left. We're hoping to knock that out in f- six months or less and, and saving at the same time. Although, so we're both independent contractors. So we do put uh, over 30% aside every month also. So I, I'm hoping that once we pay off debt, that'll be that'll push us over the edge where we can really start saving money. But right now, a lot of it's going to debt. That's incredible. So you said the two of you are living on a podcast editor and social worker salary, but you're able to put $1,000 per month away for debt. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. To saving. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you living is our biggest expense and if we can get creative with it, it's yeah, it really opens up a lot of doors. We'll be back to the show after a word from our sponsors. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? (laughs) If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot, and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes, and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello and use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. Marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. Thanks for taking time to consider our sponsors, everyone. Let's jump back into the show. Well, best of luck with paying off that $6,000 of debt. And it sounds like you've nearly eliminated the largest line item in the typical budget. So it's really opened up doors for you. And we love it. And I will say that 
it's beautiful. I find it beautiful. I mean, I hope that doesn't sound too conceited. We put in a lot of work to it. But I don't think I could do this if I didn't think that it was lovely to live in. Uh, If it was dark, dingy, gross, this would not be easy. (laughs) But the fact that I find it really beautiful and everything that I touch has a purpose that makes it super doable. Very cool. Well, let's talk about the marriage side of things. Whose idea was it to live in a tiny home in the first place? Oh, my husband's. <laughs> Absolutely. He is constantly, and it's something that I do really admire about him because it has benefited us in a lot of ways, but he's constantly looking things up. Uh, old used boats and motorhomes and cars and all kinds of stuff. And so he got it in his head. We are we have a boat with Eric's family and we were like, oh, wouldn't it be so neat to go camping and be able to bring the boat along? And then he was looking into, well, how much are motorhomes and RVs? And then realized, whoa, we could live in that. And as I was looking over his shoulder at the things he was looking at, I'm like, it has a kitchen and a bedroom and a bathroom. Let's try it. Yeah, I, I was an easy sell. <laughs> so how long has it been since you guys decided to take the plunge into the tiny home living then? At least four or five years ago, we moved into the motorhome. Like I said, we had two other living arrangements in between the motorhome and this. But yeah, about four or five years ago. That's cool. So what are your favorite aspects of living in a tiny home? So I like that I can find everything. (laughs) I know where everything is. And... I like that it frees up my time for other things. So I am obviously, you have to be a a version of minimalist if you are going to go the tiny home route. And that really does resonate with me. I have four forks and four knives and four plates, and I love it. I love, and and they're all very functional. I have one very good knife. Those types of things I really enjoy. I don't have a whole drawer full of knives that don't suit my purpose. I don't know why I'm focusing on knives. It's probably the thing I'm most excited about. I don't know. <laughs> but really having, I think it's it's caused me to focus in on what is most important. Where do I want to put my time, energy, money, be able to have permission to buy things that might be a little bit more expensive, but they're going to serve our purposes and we can get rid of the rest. And and the cleaning, like I said, the maintenance of it is very minimal. So I can then go spend time where I want to, whether that's with friends and family or on a hobby or side side hustle. You know, I got plenty of them. Well, let's talk about those side hustles. So what have you done to earn extra money outside of your social worker role? Sure. So we've done a whole lot. Not not all of these are, are something that we still continue to do, but my husband and I had a DJing business together. So we did that for a couple of seasons and DJed some weddings and had a blast. And then we had a renovations business together, uh, did that for a couple of years. And we also serve at weddings. So we will uh, do food or bartend at some weddings. Uh, And let's see what else. Frugal Friends podcast. And we'll get to that and talk about that. Um, That's my side gig. And then in addition to what I do full time with my social work degree, I also work at a private practice seeing a handful of clients. Wow, you are a busy lady. 
<laughs> yeah. That is a full plate. Well, it sounds like it's paying off between your side hustles and your limited expenses. You're going to have that debt-free life and enough money to get that shipping container home in no time. Well, if somebody who's listening right now is interested in considering tiny home living but doesn't want to go right into buying one, do you have any suggestions for them? So many options, if this sounds any way appealing to you. So first of all, I would say just engaging in the topic more. So reading books about tiny home, tiny home living or minimalism, and also watching YouTube channels, listening to podcasts. We really like Gone with the Winds. I'll give them a free plug. Uh, their last name is Win, like W-Y-N-N-S. So that's cute. They used to full-time RV. Now they full-time time sale. But still some of that just tiny living, heavy on experiences. I think that their sailboat cost them a ton of money. So I don't think that they're really saving money on living on a boat. But yeah, so that that I think could get people excited and just learn more about what it's like. But if you wanted to try your hand at this, there's so many points of entry into tiny living or minimalism. And I would just encourage people to start by looking around their house and seeing what do I really need? What's what's distracting? What is purposeful? What is giving me life? What's taking away from it? How do I want to be spending my time? These are all questions we want to be asking ourselves with finances also, but it works too with our living situations. And so selling off things that you don't need, that can be a little bit of extra cash and just start to see how little or how little can I live off of? It doesn't have to be super extreme, but just start to declutter because that is where a lot of the stress comes from. I've noticed that a lot of arguments, I know that you were talking about um, marriage and, you know, thankfully I like being around my husband. I'm married someone that I'm friends with, but I noticed that a lot, and, and I'm also a therapist, so I have like a little window into marriage and family life that is not often seen. And so many arguments do come from stuff around the house, feeling stressed about things not being clean, needing to needing needing to cook dinner and it being a mess, just all kinds of things that are re- related to the things that we have and whether or not they're getting clean or spending weekends cleaning out the garage and then yelling at the kids because they're getting in the way. And it's just such a sad picture because mm, if we had less, then we wouldn't need to have those arguments. So that's a whole other side tangent. But starting to look at where we can scale back on the things that we have to focus on the things that are important. And then beyond that, to look into the different types of tiny homes. So you've got park models, which are basically small or they're larger um mobile homes, but really beautiful. So that could easily house a family. Then you've got your mobile homes. Then you've got your RVs of various sizes, your trailers and campers of various sizes. So this is not a one size fits all. And even consider buying one. You can find a trailer or camper, an RV used on Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist for anywhere between $2,000 to $6,000. Pick one up, try it out, go camping with the family or your spouse and see if it's something that you might be interested in. I love that correlation of reducing our budgets with reducing the amount of stuff in our homes, especially for busy couples or our parents who just have so much going on. I can definitely relate. 
We don't need 75 knives, right? Yeah, I know, right? It's so easy to make excuses and we do it all the time, right? Well, I could never do that because I have kids or I could never do that because I'm single or I could never do that because I only make $30,000 a year. And what if we just switched perspective and started to ask the what if questions and where can I start and just do one small thing to be able to help you live more purposefully with your living situation, with your finances that can apply really anywhere across the board. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for this message, Jill. We talked a little bit about your podcast earlier. Where can people find it and connect with you? That's awesome. Thanks, Andy. So really, anywhere you listen to podcasts, we have Frugal Friends podcast. Jen and I release an episode every Friday talking all things frugality and and minimalism and saving money and spending on the things that you want. And I'll also send you, Andy, some of the links to some pictures and a video walkthrough of our old motor home if people are curious what it looked like. Definitely. That will definitely help people get some good visuals of what we're talking about today. Jill, thank you so much for your time. This was awesome. Thanks, Andy. I had a blast. Combining tiny home living with minimalism to create a debt-free and stress-free life. What a motivating message. Here are my top three takeaways from my conversation with Jill Siriani. Number one, keeping housing expenses low can have a big impact. Whether you're interested in tiny home living or not, keeping your housing expenses low can help you hit your big financial goals. And this can be for a season. Like Jill said, you know, she's just doing this for a season. She'll be upgrading soon enough. But for now, she really enjoys these super low housing expenses and living in her awesome tiny home. Number two, embrace minimalism in your own way. Jill loves the fact that her tiny home allows her to make less decisions and in turn makes her stress less. Find a way for you to make less decisions in your day. Reduce the clutter in your home or downscale the amount of unnecessary obligations or activities in your life. This could have a big, big impact. Recently, I decided to do this impact in my life. I wrote down a list of 50 roles that I'm currently playing in my life. All the things that I'm doing, father, podcaster, you know, volunteer, husband, all these important roles that I have. And I ordered them from most important to least important. And now I am slowly removing the least important ones until it feels right. It's refreshing to say no, because I'm saying yes to the more important things in my life. Number three, experiment and shake things up. If tiny home living sounds appealing to you, try it out. Rent a motorhome or a trailer for a long weekend with your spouse or your family and see if it's something you could do full time. Worst case scenario, you have an incredible, memorable weekend with the ones you love. Jill, thank you so much for spending time with us and sharing the details of your tiny home life. I wish you and Eric the best of luck with paying off that last $6,000 of debt. As a quick reminder, everybody, this show is for entertainment purposes only. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific financial situation. Before we go for the day, I'd like to ask you to do any one of these three things to support this show. 
Number one, join the Thriving Families Facebook community. This is a group of almost 600 families who are looking to help their families thrive. So check it out at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash fbgroup. It is free to join. All you got to do is answer three questions just to make sure you're not selling anybody anything. And again, that link is marriagekidsandmoney.com slash fbgroup. The second thing, subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast player. Just hit that button and you can show up every week and hang out with me. And then the last thing, share this episode with a friend who's interested in minimalism or tiny home living. You can find this show and all the links and resources mentioned at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 160. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 160. And if you are new to this show, I would highly recommend you check out session 116, the 10 steps to young family wealth and happiness. You can find that at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 116. It is a great place to start. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Edwin Way Teal. Reduce the complexity of life by eliminating the needless wants of life and the labors of life reduce themselves. Here's to reducing your stress and getting so much more in return. Carpe diem. 